what is our describe our the student the student body in January of 2020 how many people how many students live on campus um, what's our makeup um, what are we talking about yeah, we, we actually, um, you know, we, we've had a pretty good enrollment trend here the last couple of years. We were down a little bit in the fall, but we were feeling pretty good in January about where, where we were headed. Uh, our fall enrollment, or our spring enrollment was up, the number of students in residence halls, that was up. Uh, looking at our application de uh, data for next fall, uh, our applications were running ahead, have been running ahead since December. So, you know, enrollment-wise, we were, we were feeling pretty good about where we were headed. Had it despite the demographics and, and most institutions were looking at being down in enrollment next year. So we were feeling pretty good about that. Uh, we were headed, we were, we were preparing for a summer orientation or some registration programs. And um, so we were, we were feeling pretty good about, you know, where we were. Obviously, when, when this pandemic hit, it, it, it turned our world upside down. Um, our applications are still running ahead a little bit, but um, you know, we have to to uh, regroup and, you know, anytime you have something like this happen, you have to adjust, adapt, and and, and reevaluate and proceed. Um, our IT services department has done a good job helping us work remotely and keep everything going. Um, I think that um, one thing that works well for us is we, we've had good processes, good procedures. We've got good people, and we've been able to keep things going. And, um, you know, looking at where we are with registration for next fall, you know, we've been running ahead since we started. Uh, currently, we're about 15% of registered students for next fall, which is which is very positive for us. So, um, you know, as far as enrollment, we're not quite sure where we're going to end up. We're going to come out on the other end of this. Uh, not quite sure what it'll look like, but I think our directors, our staff, have done a great job preparing us uh, and, and moving us forward to the best of our ability. And um, obviously, as we've been focusing on, and I know you're going to do another show on this. Um, most important thing is the safety of our students, safety of the faculty, safety of, of the staff. So. Uh, once we get beyond that, making sure we've done everything we can to keep people safe, you know, we have to get the academic side online and, and uh, make sure we still have the support services and the administrative assistance to keep students moving forward with their educational process. So I, I think we've done that. Um, I'm very proud of our staff. I know we're each going to talk a little bit here, but um, I think one thing that, that uh, we've realized is there's no training for something like this. Um, you don't learn this in grad school, how to deal with the pandemic. And um, so it, it tested your leadership ability, your management skills, and um, I think we've done a good job. I think our directors have done a great job keeping our, our staff focused, our staff engaged, keep connecting with the students. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm confident that we're coming through this in good shape uh, because of the people we have. That's well said. And <clears throat> as an employee of Westlake University, I, I echo those sentiments and thank you all too. Mm -hmm. Marcella, um, how many students were living on campus before COVID and then they went on spring break and then what happened? You're on mute. Okay, so we started the semester um, with almost 1100 students living in the residence halls um, and then they went on spring break and um, we still had a couple hundred here for athletic events and things like that, but then um, everything changed and we have gradually diminished the number um, that we're here for extended stay down to um, around 60 students that um, for various reasons don't have other options um, or don't have Wi-Fi service at home or whatnot um, so have had no other choice um, so we're doing everything we can to keep them safe um, our Sodexo dining service has done a wonderful job of keeping food service available for those students that are still um, have to be here do still have to be here um, 
And then we've been working with maintenance and cleaning staff to make sure we're keeping them safe, um, disinfecting the areas where students are um, and major touch points and things like that. Um, and then just working with those students who are not here who have needed to come back and get um, textbooks that they didn't take home because they didn't plan to learn online um, for the rest of the semester or if they had medications and things like that, emergency items. Um, we've been working with them as well. Cool. Are there, are there um, any students, uh, maybe international students who, who want, who want to go home, but just can't, like, just can't go home? We do have, um, still have some international students that are here. Most of our international students were able to, um, very hurriedly book flights home before some of the border closings happened, but we do still have some that are here because they don't have an option. They can't get home. Um, borders have closed either in their country or, um, on the way to their country, um, the flights that they would have to take, they're, they're just not options for them. Um, so we do still have some that are here. Um, and we have some that went home for spring break and all of their things are here and now they're in their home country and they cannot get back to get anything out of their room. Um, so we're working with them on, you know, they won't be able to come back until at least August because of flights. So um, we're working with them on what they can do as well. Um, and just kind of starting to plan for next year um, as well as how to finish out this year. We do have a process in place. Um, as you know, there's a stay-at-home directive right now, so we can't allow students to come and move their belongings out. Um, even those that come for emergency items, we're asking them to be here for a very limited time, get in, get what you need, and, and then um, that limits the possibility of exposure. So um, we have a plan in place. As long as the, the directives don't change, we will start that in May. Um, if those directives change, we will have to um, delay that further. Uh, we have um, been communicating information to our residential students through email. Um, so we encourage them to continue to check their email. We also have a housing um, website dedicated just to COVID information. Um, if you go to the housing website, it's, there's a link right there on the sidebar um, that you can go to. And so we'll update there as well. Um, but we're hoping that they'll be able to start getting their things in May. If that doesn't happen, we'll continue to update them. Um, and then the other big thing uh, that a lot of students have questions about is for next year. We have had to de delay the room selection process for our current students a little bit, um, uh, just because of IT needs and whatnot. And um, we were starting a new system and a pandemic is not an ideal time to um, start a new process. So we've been working with IT to um, figure out some alternatives. We will have a process in place again, beginning May 1st for our current students to select rooms and we'll be emailing out and updating the website as well with that information too. Thank you. Um, Kate, so I'm guessing your world has dramatically changed as well. Um, yeah, no students stopping by my house, like randomly at lunchtime, so it's a little different. <laughs> well, are they virtually? That's, that's kind of my question. Are you, uh, are you able to keep them engaged virtually or what, what's, what have you been doing? Yeah, it's been, different. I mean, obviously, we all always have like a social component to our student activities, but it's more in terms of, hey, this event is happening, and then maybe a photo or two after showing what happened. And now it's much more, okay, what can we do tutorial wise, or who can we get to do like a pre taped video um, to then show students what we're doing. So um, on the activities end, we've definitely tried to see what we can change over to a virtual experience. So uh, the best example was actually this last Thursday, we did the health fair virtually online. 
And what I did is I worked with Nurse Christy and Lisa in counseling, and we got a lot of the information from vendors that were supposed to show up physically for that day. And then um, I put all of it onto like flyers, different types of posters, um, and interactive things that we could do on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Um, one of our PA students took videos of herself um, doing like an at-home workout that we were able to post. Um, so those types of engagements then help still seem like there's activities going on um, that students can engage in um, together, even like a Netflix party. We did that a couple times um, where they could watch Tiger King or one of the other more popular shows and then sort of like chat on the side. So it, it's definitely different stuff that like you always had in the back of your head, like a creative playlist through Spotify, always an interesting concept. Never thought it would work when we're like in class. Um, and that's something that I posted the other day and we've had like 10 or 11 students hop on and give their recommendations and now create this Westlib um, song playlist and a podcast recommendation so that they can get into new things. So it's been really cool to see students still want to engage with each other um, via activities. And then with the clubs and organizations, a lot of them have still picked up where they left off, whether it's weekly or bi-weekly meetings, they're doing it via Zoom just like we are today. Um, one of our sororities did like their big little reveal with all of their new members via Zoom the other week, which was super cool to watch and they had it on video and, and they posted it. Um, one of our other groups did like, Pastor Deb is still doing Bible studies, um, open to students and Capify. Um, and then just in general, I'm just trying to help out with our student organizations with the secession plan and elections, because that's sort of what's happened, what was supposed to be happening right now. Um, so I've been on a lot of chats with those presidents or e-boards saying, okay, what's the best way? What Google form can we use? How can you take nominations? The best and fair way to do this. So that's sort of what I've been trying to walk our clubs and organizations through over the past couple weeks. Awesome. What, what is going on with uh, SGA elections? I think SGA is still working on stuff. I haven't, uh, they report to Marcella, so she may be able to um, dive a little bit more into that. But I know they were, last time I talked to Izzy, who's the president, um, they were working on some different things. So um, I think it'll just be definitely different for them since that's on a bigger scale compared to like some of our clubs and organizations who are just more internal and can control their 20 to 30 people via Google form, so. Right, right. Okay, Chris. <clears throat> you talk about uh, your world before COVID and after COVID, and also um, I know that your uh, the physical space of where you were was you've done a lot of great jobs to improve that, and so it must be a little frustrating not not to have that. Yeah, so I mean, just like everybody, the the normal before everything started was a lot of student traffic in and out of our office um, with the learning support services we offer within the Learning and Student Development Center. Um, you know, just just a lot of conversations, um, a lot of great things going on. But um, when all this started, uh, we were lucky for our learning support services, specifically the peer tutoring and academic coaching that we have, um, that the web-based service we utilize was ahead of the game and offered us the ability to tie in virtual meetings um, through those learning support services. So we were still able to offer peer tutoring and academic coaching to, to students that had that interest or desire, um, just working with our students at that point, our student staff that serve as those peer tutors, and our graduate assistants in the academic coaching roles, um, just to get them set up and um, understand how to utilize 
um, WebEx or Zoom or whatever, you know, virtual conference app they, they wanted to get into. Um, so um, that was one of the biggest things because that's a lot of what the students come into our office to do is looking for the support services and students that um, receive academic accommodations, whether it be testing, um, they, you know, utilize our center as a testing center um, or other academic accommodations. Just being in contact with those students and helping faculty as well as the students understand you know how that translates into you know a remote remote learning environment um so initially you know a lot of questions and um just fielding that and then after we get through that initial wave then it just comes down to kind of like the this the that moment you're like oh there's just you know not a lot of interaction where that's usually the the norm in our day-to-day -day. so that's been i think the biggest transition um for me and most like a lot of the people um here with us today is this that transition to there's not you know a lot of nor regular interaction um you know i still have phone conversations with students that set up meetings with me or you know any other type of uh, virtual meeting um, but that's been the biggest difference for me is just the interaction um and that's something that, that i and i think everyone else here kind of thrives on and that's been to me the the biggest challenge um over the past few weeks is just okay what can I do to continue to, to reach out and offer different opportunities for students or uh, make sure that they're aware of different resources that we're still offering? How can we do that? Um, and one of the things that, that we've been working on and had wanted to work on consistently um, was increasing our presence on social media, specifically Instagram. So, you know, working to make sure students have access to understand, hey, this is a learning student development center's Instagram account. WLU underscore LSDC for anybody that may be interested. Um, but, you know, continuing uh, to put out material through that content, um, whether it be tips for how to you know, succeed in, in a remote and online learning environment from home, setting up, you know, a workspace for yourself, um, you know, what you can do to, to stay on task. Um, you know, I've worked with, with Kate on a few things, uh, making sure that uh, we're working together in that, such as a self-care Saturday series we've been trying to put out. So, you know, everybody's weeks and weekends kind of blend a lot right now. So, um, you know, it's making intentional effort to to keep students engaged and make sure they're not just caring for their academic success, but also their personal success and, you know, their, their life success. So um, doing everything we can to, to you know, just continue to engage. Yeah, that's, the, that's the name of the game is continue to keep people coming to us to talk with questions, conversations, or you know, just to make sure they're connected to different resources, not just within our areas, but across campus. Wow. Great, are you, are you seeing a drop off in, in the, the uh, tutoring activity? Or? Yes, uh, and that was, I think, to be expected to some degree. One, one is the students, the student staff or peer tutors, um, not all of them are still able to offer um, the tutoring like they would have in the past. Some of them may not be, entirely comfortable doing it in that virtual setting and some of them may just be you know a little overwhelmed with all the transition they've had so we are offering those services in a limited basis now so not all of the the tutors that we had available are still doing that um i think typically in a spring semester we have less students utilizing the, stu the peer tutoring than in the fall um, that's that's a normal a normal progression um, but i will say over the last three or four weeks we've had about 35 student visits for peer tutoring appointments. Um, and a lot of that is in the, the 
the courses that we see a lot of action anyway, whether it be math or some of the sciences. So we still continue to see that. And then with our graduate assistants and the academic coaching, which is kind of the umbrella student support, um, whereas peer tutoring is very course and content specific, academic coaching focuses on you know how to become a, a better student overall, whether it be study skills, um, note-taking skills, time management, goal setting. Um, we still see some students reaching out and having those appointments as well. So, um, yeah, stu students are still using them, but not not at the volume that we would ex we would typically have if um, the doors were open. I'm trying to find a an algebra tutor for my 14 year old. I'm having a tough time. <laughs> hey, let me know. See if we can hook you up with somebody. <laughs> okay, Katie. Um, I'm guessing that you. Uh, you might be following the news more than usual in terms of <laughs> what's going on with stimulus money, et cetera. So tell us about the world yes. of financial aid. Yeah, so let me first start with any background noise and so forth I apologize for. It's okay. Uh, two full-time working parents from home with two very young children uh, makes for a whole new world, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you can say I've been reading a little bit. Uh, I have done more webinars in the past probably three and a half, four weeks than I care to tell anyone. Um, I thought I was a financial aid nerd before, but it's a whole new world right now. Um, there are a lot, a lot of updates and resources coming through daily. Um, Scott can kind of probably attest to the amount of emails and the length of the emails that I've been sending uh, to keep everyone up to date. Uh, things are changing by the hour sometimes. Um, the Department of Ed is not the quickest uh, to provide guidance. So a lot of times when you see that that stimulus money is coming. Um, we don't receive guidance for sometimes seven to 14 days um, until after that big announcement has been made. Uh, we're still waiting on some guidance for the money that was just uh, released to schools last week. Um, we don't have all of that guidance yet. So as much as we wanna be able to say what we're planning on doing with everything and uh, taking care of students and so forth, we don't have the guidance that we need from the Department of Ed yet. Um, so that's the part that's the hardest, um, but it's, it's definitely, um, it's a lot of information, but we're getting through it as a staff. Uh, we meet every morning to talk about everything that's going on and just kind of keeping everyone up to date and connected. Uh, so we definitely have a lot of information to share and we've been sharing. We actually have a webpage on our financial aid page uh, that students and parents can refer to for resources, changes, updates, anything along those lines. Uh, direct them to where they need to, to go to get the most information. Do, do you see an, an uptick in um, from your regular work life to now of, of calls and questions or, or just different? No. Yeah. yeah, no, I wish we did. Uh, unfortunately, it's been a little bit more quiet than I'd like. Uh, FAFSA's coming into, into campus right now are, are down um, by a good bit. Um, so it's making me a little bit nervous uh, for the summer and into August and September. Um, I, I don't know if people don't realize that we're still available because uh, I do know our main line goes to one of our counselors and she said as she answers it, uh, people are surprised that she's even answering. Uh, they think that they're just going to have to leave a voicemail and uh, get, a, get a phone call back at some point. But uh, we are still answering the phone. We have our main uh, email coming in. That has been picking up a little bit more. I think people are relying more on the email aspect of things. 
uh, we do offer the, the option to set up a virtual appointment with our office too. So if anyone wants to set up a virtual appointment, we can call them at a, at a time that's good for them uh, to, to answer those questions that they might have. So no, I wish the communication was up, but it's really not at this point. Right. And, the, and the foundation's still open too, right? The scholarships are still there. Yes, yes. Everything's still flowing. Uh, we actually are sending returning, uh, re for our returners, their 2021 financial aid will be available today. Uh, so this is actually good timing. So that will go out to them. Uh, so anything that we have taken care of, athletic, academic, all that that we have is out there for 2021. Um, if returners don't receive something from us today, that means that they have not completed everything they need to complete. So FAFSA is that type of stuff for 2021 needs to be completed as well. New students, we're keeping up with all of that. I come in the office about once a week uh, to keep up with the mail and faxes and that type of stuff. Um, so that way we can make sure that we're getting all the awards out to our new students. I'm working with admissions uh, every day closely to get more and more information out there. We pull videos together. Uh, we have what's next videos coming out on what their next steps are when it comes to financial aid. And right. summer financial aid, that is, that's up. Uh, so if anything is keeping us busy right now, it is the summer financial aid. Um, I don't know if Scott mentioned that summer enrollment looks pretty good right now. Um, so our, which means when enrollment is up, it means financial aid is up. Uh, so uh, right now we're, we're staying very busy with summer financial aid. So as students are signing up for those courses, we're able to get their financial aid taken care of for the summer as well. Thank you. So speaking of that, Scott, so if summer school is open. Can, it's, is it all virtual or? You know? Yeah, um, Jason, we, we have three summer terms and the, um, the first summer term uh, has been moved completely online. Um, for the second summer term, which starts June 22nd, we haven't made decisions on yet. The third summer term is just for our physician assistant students. Um, but uh, at this point, our, our summer enrollment's up about 5%. So as Katie mentioned, that, that, that's good news. Um, does cause, you know, obviously some more work with financial aid because a lot of those students rely on financial aid. But, um, you know, as I mentioned, our fall, our, our fall registration's up, summer registration's up. Um, and, and we're trying to make some decisions uh, not to penalize uh, the students. As Katie mentioned, you know, we're doing renewal scholarships and we made a decision uh, to eliminate the GPA requirement for scholarship renewal this year due to students uh, being moved online completely for their courses. So we're not going to require the 3.25 GPA for scholarship renewal. Uh, we removed the academic suspension portion of our process. We won't be suspending any students who do poorly academically, again, because uh, we've had to move everything online. So um, trying to do as much as we can not to penalize the students, trying to be understanding and do what we can uh, to help them be successful until we get through this and come out on the other side. Great. So some of the common things I, I uh, a lot of information and super interesting, everything that's going on in your guys' world, um, are uh, finding creative ways to communicate to the students, to let them know that things are still going on and that there are resources for them continually. Um, and also, um, I, I sense a, uh, you, you miss the students, <laughs> you miss people, you miss interaction. I think that's why a lot of people like working at West Liberty and now it's just pretty much gone. I know I can see Scott's up there, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, but turning more to the positive side of things, maybe Scott, you start and anyone else jump in. Um, I think a lot of people are finding some silver linings in this situation. Um, well, did yeah, anything come to mind? Yeah, and I, I think so. I, I think that, 
we've learned that we can we can use technology to do some things. Um, I know you're going to meet with the the admission staff here. Some of the things we we've had to do with uh, creating chat chat opportunities for students and parents, uh, creating some videos. Uh, you know, Marcella spearheads our our orientation program, so looking at um, some ways we can we can use technology to move that program virtually if we have to. So I, I think we have learned to be creative. I think that uh, we've learned to think out the box a little bit and. Um, you know, and not that anyone's ever comfortable because I think our staff does a great job of always looking forward and looking for new things to do. But um, I think this has made us take a step back and look at things a little differently and uh, see how we can improve some things. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I'm pretty confident we're working on their side of this. We've, you know, we've been around a long time. You know, we're the oldest institution in the state. And, you know, in my 30 years here, we've weathered some pretty tough storms. Um, nothing like this, but, you know, we always seem to come out on the other side pretty good. And but I do think that, through this with the help of IT, we, we've learned how to use technology a little bit better, a little bit more efficiently. Um, and I think we've learned to uh, appreciate each other a little bit more. I think that sometimes that's, that's lost. Yeah. Uh, you take for granted that you're gonna have someone, you're gonna see someone every day, you're gonna be able to talk to them every day. And then when that's removed, that, that, that is a loss. Um, you know, I, I miss my hallmates over here in, in Shaw Hall, but um, you know, it's gonna to come to an end. I mean, we're gonna come out of this. Um, so I think staying positive is key, communicating is key. And, you know, as long as you have good leadership and you have good people, you know, good things are going to happen. Awesome. Anyone else want to jump in there with silver linings? I think it's been great to see the, the students on the same way the faculty and staff have sort of stepped up. Um, just seeing the leadership tools that they've now put into place engaging online. Um, our Greek life created a full, they're ending right now, a virtual week, uh, virtual spirit week where they were posting, they engaged everybody to post their favorite photos of whatever like yesterday was like throw what you know with their little hand signs and today is post your favorite photo and say why you went Greek. So it's the fact that these student leaders across all of our clubs and organizations and other positions like tutors and RAs um, are using those platforms and using their skills in different ways that they probably didn't realize that they had the ability to do. So that's awesome to see um, come to life because sometimes they're just like oh I'm just gonna go home and I'm just now gonna glide for the rest of the semester, but it's six months here without your friends and your hallmates and club members. So it's been cool to see them step up to the challenge too. Yeah, yeah I think we, we say, um, you know, we use the hashtag a lot, hashtag Hilltop is home um, in our orientation and a lot of our activities and things. And what I'm seeing um, on social media and even just talking to students and parents is they really do feel that way and they really miss home. And the same for our faculty and staff. Um, you do, it's very lonely up here. Um, you know, here in the office every day, I'm used to having a lot of noise, a lot of people, a lot of students in and out, and it's just me. Um, so it is an adjustment, but I do think it has made us all appreciate, like Scott said, not just the other people here, but West Liberty and how much we love it here and how much it is home for so many of us. Awesome. Yeah, I think for me, um, one, it's actually made me connect with my staff a little bit better. Uh, we didn't do morning meetings while we were in the office every morning, but now we do to make sure everyone's on the same page, that we're moving in the same direction. Um, I actually joked with them yesterday that we're probably going to keep doing it, um, whether it's 15 minutes, even once we're back on staff or back on campus. Um, it just has allowed me to connect to them a little bit better to see um, we all deal with the frontline or work with the frontline students and parents, but they obviously work a little bit closer than I do sometimes. So that it's, it's really making me kind of grounding me back down um, 
to those students and parents. And on a personal level, it has given me a whole new respect for balance with between work and family. Mm -hmm. um, this is a whole new world that I'm ready to be <laughs> out of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my spouse has been working from home for 12 years and she's just, just rolling her eyes at every, any complaint that I have. <laughs> she doesn't want to hear. <clears throat> Anyone else? Yeah. Chris? Yeah, I'm seeing uh, right now, I think a, a positive and that we'll continue through this is, um, I think like everybody said, everybody's finding new and creative ways to work together. Um, and from my end, I'm seeing even even more communication than I was already seeing from different areas of campus with um, you know faculty or other areas saying, hey, you know, noticing maybe the student hasn't been engaged or you know, isn't doing X, Y, or Z in, in this class that we're doing from Sakai. Um, so I'm seeing a lot more of of those concerns raised, which is you know obviously not the greatest thing, but the fact that I'm seeing a larger volume of those concerns being raised means that people are engaged and willing to reach out and say, hey, how can you help this student or what can we do to offer some different options um, to provide them, whether it's a learning support resource or you know, they just maybe they have a, a basic question that has been raised to to somebody about your know, financial aid or you know what's going on with housing or or anything else with course registration. You know, I'm getting a lot of those um, that outreach from not just the students, but also faculty and, and other academic advisors. So I think it's, it's definitely um, kind of forcing everybody in a positive way to, to communicate and use the resources around campus where maybe um, people may have not taken for granted, but just didn't realize how easy it was for a student just to go to an office. And now it's, uh, how do I connect them with this person um, if maybe they're not able to access the internet regularly? Um, or you know they prefer you know this type of communication or that so i think it allows everyone to reach outside that box and you know continue to work together while everyone's willing to do it at any point at west liberty i think that we've reached a whole new le level of um effective communication and willingness to work together yeah. and i think one of the things that that's kind of us do it's just um realizing the things that are important to students and, and that they appreciate is you know marcel that hilltop is home and you know one of the features on campus that the students really enjoyed was you know Tammy Seacrest's area uh, the what's up West Lib and um, Jared Thompson now enjoyed being able to keep that going virtually and we have a lot of student involvement and uh, again it, it gets them connected because you know as Marcel mentioned a lot of them do consider this home and um, so I think that's something that's positive that you know, we know something that the students like uh, that is very positive and we're keeping those things going. I know another uh, silver lining speaking for the students is that I know that they really love President Griner and this has forced him to stay around a little bit longer. So I'm <laughs> happy about that. <clears throat> That's true. Um, so we talked about being optimistic for the fall. In the more of a short term, Scott, we have a couple of things coming up that people are probably wondering about. Um, commencement, orientation. Um, tell us how those things are gonna happen. Um. Yeah, but with commencement, obviously, that we, we had to make decision with the closure order that um, we could not have a live commencement on May 9th. And um, with Jason's help in the Topper Station, we are going to have a virtual ceremony, which will uh, be ready on, on May 9th to be viewed by graduates, faculty, families, friends. Uh, so um, Teresa Gretchen's done a great job moving along with that. So we're very excited about that. Uh, we do plan to have a live ceremony for the spring graduates uh, sometime later this year once we're able to do so. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to do our best to put on a good, good, good ceremony for them virtually on May 9th. Um, we do have 
orientation coming up starting in June. Uh, as I mentioned, Marcella spearheads that program. So uh, we're going to make a decision here within the next two weeks if we have to start that program virtually or if we're able to have it on campus. Um, obviously, we have to wait to see what the governor's closure order does for us, but um, we're, we're set up to, to move that online if we have to as well and, and do some things to make sure we communicate. Uh, we do have the fall orientation program, Topper Fest, in which we can incorporate some things in there if we're not able to do it with our uh, normal orientation program in the summer. And so there's a lot of things that are still fluid and um, changing with, in, all, in all of your worlds. So if a student or a parent is watching this today, what's the best way for them to, to uh, be alert for communication updates? Well, as Katie mentioned, there, there seems to be a misconception that, that we're not here and, and we are. Um, you know, we can do a lot remotely, but there's some things that can't be done remotely. That's, that's why I'm here every day with, with registration. There's some things that just have to be done in the office. So, um, you know, obviously we have, we're trying to get as much email correspondence as we can. Um, you know, people can still call in and, uh, you know, get responses that way. Uh, but I do, I do think they just need to realize that we are here, we are open. Um, you know, we're doing this to make sure that, that we can keep services moving for them. Uh, and then that, you know, all they have to do is, is call the office number or email us preferably to our, our office emails and, and we'll get back to them. And, um, you know, we want to make sure that their experience is still a positive one and that continue education here. So uh, we're still here and uh, we, we just need to make sure people be aware of that and, Take advantage of it. Does anyone else have anything they want to add? Speak to anyone? No? Okay. Well, I feel like we could probably check in again if we're still working mm -hmm. from home in a couple of weeks. And maybe we should do that. But um, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate everything that you're doing. I miss seeing all your faces. Most of you on the first floor. Well, you're all you're all spread out, actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I hope I hope to see y'all in person again soon. Um, keep up the good work. Thank you, Jason. Have a good weekend. Jason. Thank, Thank you, Jason. Jason. Bye -bye. Jason.